And this episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com, the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. Disclaimer. All information provided by Alex Muir is of general nature and is spoken from Alex Muir's and his guests' personal experiences and personal opinions on the topics related to fitness, health, and education only. No information is to be taken as medical or other health advice pertaining to any specific health or medical condition. You agree that use of this information is at your own risk and hold Alex Muir harmless from any and all losses, liabilities, injuries, or damages resulting from any and all claims. Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Alex Muir, helping you maximize your performance. And in today's episode 51, we're going to be speaking with the biohacker babes with Lauren Sambatero and Renee Bells. The biohacker babes, wellness, biohacking, and sisterhood. Lauren and Renee grew up in a health-driven family that prioritized the fundamentals of wellness and self-care. Don't worry, there was lots of mac and cheese and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Their father, Jean Sambatero, the original biohacker and pioneer of holistic dentistry, taught them the importance of individualization and experimentation from a very young age. Together as health entrepreneurs, Renee, a certified nutritional consultant and a holistic lifestyle coach with a master's degree in nutrition, and Lauren, a Broadway performer, corrective exercise specialist, and functional health coach, feel strong passion and drive to not only share each of their journeys towards wellness, but their strategy and motivation to discover our unique bodies through the world of biohacking. Their podcast, The Biohacker Babes, aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. And please welcome Lauren Sambatero and Renee Bells to the podcast. Lauren and Renee, happy to have you on the Mindset Podcast today. I'm very excited to delve into all things biohacking. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So yeah. Excited to be here. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, no problem. So I want to start off by saying, you know, you know, for our audience, what is biohacking and how can biohacking be beneficial from, you know, uh, individual to individual? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go ahead and jump in. Well, Alex, I know you talk kind of about uh, about like life hacking and biohacking on yeah. your podcast already. We love your podcast, by the way. It's yeah, right on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the word hacking can be taken in different ways, but when we're looking at biohacking, it's just anything we can do to tweak our biology to improve it. So whether it's something as simple as changing your diet, adding a new nutritional supplement in, or uh, looking at something like a sleep tracker to optimize your sleep, all of those things are going to kind of upgrade your biology. And hopefully when we do that, we're really increasing our longevity and also our health span. So we love talking about health span. So lifespan is just, you know, how many years you are spending on this planet basically, but health span is how many of those years are you actually living a healthy life? And that is the ultimate goal, right? I don't want to, you know, live till I'm a hundred if the last 30 years I'm in <laughs> chronic pain and stuck in bed, right? I want to be until I'm 99 out on the ski slopes or doing something crazy until my final days. Um, so increasing <laughs> health span is a really big part of biohacking for us. Yeah. I love, I love how you talk about yeah health span and longevity because um, over the last few years, I, I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an experimenter. I love to experiment and, um, and, and explore. And especially when it comes to uh, different modalities with health um, over, I think when I started intermittent fasting, first time, like trying to do, you know, 
no eating from, you know, lunchtime, like 12 to 8 p.m. kind of a thing. That was that eating window, 16-hour fast, eight-hour eating window. And doing, and doing that, um, it, it taught me that, again, like, like our ancestors, like we don't always need to eat like every two hours, every two to three hours, right? That might be a fit for some people, but you know, it's always awesome to test and experiment with different modalities for your, for your, uh, you know, your own nutrition and, and training, how you train, how you eat. And that's why, you know, I find really interesting with the whole biohacking is the first biohack that I tried to implement was the fasting. Cause like, I don't know if you, you know, you two do the internet fasting, but it's just like when you're first starting out, you're just like, oh my God, I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> but eventually your body adapts. So it's just, it's, it's such an, an amazing thing how our bodies are so primed for, for change. You know, it takes a little bit more time with certain things, but why don't we, why don't we delve into that? Like, um, the, uh, the, the, the fasting, uh, biohacking, like, have you guys tried that out? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do fasting. And I feel like at the very lowest level intermittent fasting, it's, I wouldn't even call it fasting. I would just say giving your system a rest because like you said, um, our ancestors didn't eat this way. We didn't have bodegas on the corner. We didn't have seamless delivery. And, you know, they probably weren't foraging for snacks when it was dark out or going into the kitchen at midnight. So <laughs> it's really just eating the way our ancestors ate because they didn't have high food availability and so with grocery stores and food delivery and you know you can get anything you want at any time we're adding not only a caloric burden i guess i'm not mm -hmm. sure burden is the perfect word but with a lot of our food that's so processed and you know we live in a pretty toxic lifestyle we are putting a bother a burden on our bodies by eating at times that our ancestors wouldn't have. So I think at the lowest level, it's really just giving your system a rest so that your hormones, nervous system, organs can all function at their most optimal level. Of course, we can increase fasting windows and those parameters kind of change depending on which gender you are. It is a little bit more sensitive for women, though I don't mm -hmm. think it's as extreme as some people believe that it is. Yeah. Um, it really depends on the environment that you're bringing those fasting principles into. I mean, is your body under chronic stress? Do you have HPA axis dysfunction? Do you have underlying stressors? Like, are you really in a solid, stable, safe environment to be introducing something like this into your body. I and mean, it's a stressor, just like anything else. Like exercise yep. is a stressor. Food can be a stressor. So it all kind of depends on your homeostatic load. And that's super, super personal. So I think with the trend of intermittent fasting, the piece that we're missing is, is it right for you? Mm -hmm. And because there's so many ways to do it, we've really got to take the time to figure out how to make it work best for you. Yeah. And I love how you talk about the individualization because um, I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, nowadays, you know, they're a lot more willing to experiment and, and try lifestyle or biohacking. Um, yeah. But you, you gotta you gotta do it according to your specific mind and body because everyone's so different. And and I I'm uh, I I feel like I I definitely got too extreme with the fasting at some points, and I felt like I was absolutely <laughs> de depleted. <laughs> That's how we learn. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. everyone likes to you know like I always like, I'm, I'm always of the adage of like, you know, how far can I push my body and how far can I push my mind? And, you know, like, like you said, like, uh, you know, everyone's at least done it one, once or twice, or maybe a handful of times where like, Ooh, I, I definitely overdid that. Or I, 
My, I, mm-hmm. I, I overextended my fast too long and I didn't eat, you know, uh, uh, early enough, like after like post fast, uh, to get that nutrition. in. so, cause that's another thing too, right? If you're, yeah. if you're doing those extended fasts, you have to make sure that you're eating when you need to eat. Cause if you don't, then you're, you're constantly in too much of a cal- uh, caloric deficit. So. Yeah, yeah. I think for like the type A personalities, they're like, I'm just going to get to that, you know, that window of time that I set out to do rather than checking in with your intuition and how your body's feeling. Some of us get really attached to this number outcome yeah. that, you know, we can miss it by like five minutes and forget about it. <laughs> your body's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. screw you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Alex, I, I have to say, you mentioned the word adaptation, which yep. I think is so important in the biohacking world because you know, any, any type of hormesis like Lauren was talking about, right? If we're doing cold therapy, hot therapy, fasting, uh, intense exercise, right? All of these different hormetic stressors, the goal is that we're forcing the body to adapt, right? To become mm-hmm. a stronger, better human being. But if you do go too extreme with that stress, your body is not going to adapt in the ideal way. So, you know, I like to think of fasting like you have a fasting muscle. Mm-hmm. Like if you're lifting five-pound dumbbells right now, please don't go to the gym tomorrow and try and lift 200-pound dumbbells, right? Yeah. That's like going from like a fasting of eight hours to let me do a seven-day fast. Oh, my right? goodness. Yeah. So if like look at what you're doing right now. If you're only not eating for like the eight hours you're asleep at night, okay, maybe the next day you fast for 10 hours or 12 hours. Like you want to go slow with it just like yeah. you would with any kind of exercise at the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really like that. Cause that's, that's honestly the, the best way to do it because then your body will slowly start to be like, okay, like I'm not starving. I'm, I'm, I've got a tug of hunger, but I'm not starving yet. And like by slowly incrementally building up those hours, right. You think about it like, yeah, like you said, like sleeping, like there's eight hours let's say eight, eight or nine hours done right out of the way. And I still count those hours uh, out of the fast. That's just the way I do it. Some people yeah. are really like purists and they're like, no, 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 that doesn't count. It's, it's at all the hours are in the day while you're not sleeping. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a little no. restrictive. Hey, as long as you're not waking up at 3 a.m. and yeah. digging into the refrigerator, I count it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and do you, do you feel like biohacking – you know, not only does it sharpen the body, but you feel like it really can over time sharpen the mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in so, in so many ways and, and, you know, I mean, we, we all get into biohacking for different purposes, but one of my main drivers for biohacking and optimizing my health is brain health. When I was really sick in my twenties, I had chronic fatigue. I had brain fog. I mean, I could barely remember my own name at times. The brain fog was so debilitating. So I have been really focusing on this brain optimization. And also our grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's. We both have the Alzheimer's gene. So anything we can do to optimize our brain, um, I'm all in with that. And I mean, there's so many things you can do. I mean, obviously starting with the basics, I mean, nutrition, sleep, stress management, exercise, all of those are going to help you think much better. You're going to have more mental clarity, better focus, less brain fog. And then from there, we can kind of amp it up and say, well, maybe we can take some nootropics. Maybe we can take, yeah. uh, you know, methylene blue or some something like that to even go like the next level of brain optimization with biohacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let, let's talk a little bit about nootropics. Um, I've really uh, been getting into recently the medicinal mushrooms. So there's a company uh, out of British Columbia, where I'm from, uh, out of Roberts Creek. It's called, and uh, they do, they have like mushroom farms, right? Organic mushroom farms. 
And with these organic mushrooms, they, they don't have any of the grain fillers or anything like that. And I don't, you, you know, you, um, Lauren, you and Renee have probably heard of the, uh, like lion's mane, cordyceps mushroom, uh, oh, yeah. chaga, all those ones. Do you, do you mm-hmm. two take those? Do you, do you, do you two supplement with the medicinal mushroom caps or? Yes. We played around a lot with those. Um, I think the foray into the medicinal mushrooms was with coffee, coffee yeah. and, you know, clean coffee with medicinal mushrooms, especially lion's mane, which we know is good for the brain. Yeah. Cordyceps, which is like a, a physical activator. It's good for energy exercise. Yeah. And I think coffee naturally is a nootropic. So that in combination is really powerful for the mind, but Renee and I were just talking on another podcast last week about quality. I mean, mushrooms are just exploding on the market as the new trend. And there's a lot of crap out there, as mm-hmm. we see with all, you know, nutrition and supplement trends. People want to jump on the bandwagon and make money. And so um, the issue with the mushrooms is that you could have a product from the mycelium or from the fruiting body. And they make sure amazing nutrients like the beta glucans, um, all the antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. There's so much we can get from the mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just started taking them probably just this past summer. Um, cause I always like to ask like people in the fee- in the health and nutrition field, like, Hey, you know, what are you doing differently nowadays? What's, what are you finding that's helping with your focus? You know, besides doing all those daily activities, right? Getting the right whole, whole, whole foods in your diet, this good sleep, you know, regular exercise, you know, when all those things are taken care of, right. And then you're learning, you're learning new stuff every day, which is also good for the brain. Then what else are you doing differently? Just as a, to give you a slight edge. And that's when I delve, delve into a bit more research and people were talking about these nootropics, right. The medicinal mushrooms. And I was like, all right, I got to try. And then, um, and then I started taking them. I noticed an immediate difference. Like it, it was just, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't, it's not mind blowing difference, but it's like just enough for like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm getting that extra memory in. I'm like, I'm, I'm remembering stuff that normally I, like you said, when you get brain fog, you're like, oh my God, like I forget my name. I forget what I'm doing this week or next week or <laughs> where are my keys. Yep. Yeah. It, the interesting thing, though, about nootropics, I mean, it's just like any other supplement or any other biohacking, you know, protocol we could try is, you know, what kind of body is it coming into? If you have underlying stressors then something mm-hmm. like a nootropic, it's probably not going to give you that extra edge. We always have to look at what's going on underneath the surface, but with a healthy, safe body that doesn't have a high um, stress load. Yeah, anything that's going to optimize your brain is awesome. And especially with this very, very quickly um, growing third wave of psychedelic mushrooms that is also combining the psychedelics with the medicinal, like the lion's mane and cordyceps. And you can take it at a very, very low dosage, like subperceptual, mm-hmm. almost to the point where you're like, man, I had a really good day. I'm not really sure why, but it was a really great day. <laughs> I, that's and I another... think that's really awesome. That's to me, that's like taking the edge off where you don't even realize yeah. that you are adding these, you know, potent nutrients. It's really cool. And if, and Lauren, have you and Renee like tested the, the, uh, I believe it's the, yeah, the, the psychedelic mushrooms is the psilocybin, right? Com- in conjunction with the medicinal mushrooms. Have you guys ever tried it or do you know people that have? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> we both have played around with it a little bit. Um, 
uh, Lauren has more experience in this realm, but um, I'm, you know, looking into microdosing and just learning as much as I can about this. Like Lauren said, the third wave, I actually just went to a psychedelic conference two weeks ago. And wow. I mean, my mind was blown listening to these speakers all day long saying how, I mean, not just psilocybin. I mean, they're talking about other things like ketamine assisted therapy, MDMA assisted therapy, things like that. Um, change uh, Renee, both you and Lauren or Renee, you went to this, this conference and they were talking about, again, the psychedelics, microdosing psychedelics, uh, talking about the MDMA assisted therapy, uh, ketamine, psilocybin. Yeah. They yeah. I mean, just a broad Renee. range. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's becoming a big thing. And, uh, I don't know if you two, uh, like listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast or read any of his literature, but on his blog, but he's doing, yeah. he's been doing extensive research on it. And he's also been funding the, the John yeah, Hopkins. Exactly. Yep. Yep. The John Hopkins society, I think it is, or John Hopkins hospital. Um, and he's, yeah, he's doing so much research into it because again, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that suffered from like bouts of depression. Like when he was writing all of his books and all that, like he said he was like having a really tough time. Like it was a really dark place in his life. And, uh, um, and he said by, he's like, he's had to, you know, do a lot of different experimentation, right. With different modalities to help him sharpen his mind. And those are one of the areas which he's been, I, th I think he's experimented as the psychedelics. And he said, it's, it has helped a lot of people, right. Just the tiny microdosing of those different elements together. Yeah, I mean, we've had this research for decades and it was building a lot of momentum in the 60s. And then, you know, all of these Harvard professors that were really trying to share the research, a few of them, um, you know, maybe didn't uh, introduce it in the most, gosh, not that it needed to be conservative, but they were they were just like a little too extreme. And, you know, the government just like put a hard stop on that. But this is not a toxic substance. Like when you look at stimulants that are available to us and legal to us, mm -hmm. alcohol is like one of the worst things we can put in our body. Like you've yeah. seen these, these graphs where it's like alcohol, obviously like cocaine or narcotics. Yeah. But then at the very bottom, you have all of these psychedelics psilocybin, MDMA, um, you know, things that come from the earth, even some more like synthetic drugs, obviously like LSD, but it's crazy what has been legalized and what is available and tolerated and socially accepted. It's like, are we really um, giving our bodies <laughs> what we should? <laughs> the right crazy. fuel. Yeah. yeah. Not even yeah. fuel. It's just like, right. how how is alcohol so normalized? Yeah. as toxic as it is yeah yeah, yeah. no i hear so, you hopefully this third wave is uninterrupted i mean i was um i don't know if you saw that show with nicole kidman about the retreat center that was microdosing people without telling them does that sound oh, familiar nine yeah. perfect strangers nine perfect HBO. strangers oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like, I'm it's not sure show. if that's help. It's a great show. Great writing, great characters. I'm like, this could kill the momentum. I know it's a fictional show, so it probably doesn't have the power to do so. But it's a really delicate time. Yeah. So hopefully we keep going in the right direction. No, definitely. Definitely. And um, what would you say diet-wise? Like, I was looking on your guys' website, and you had on there, like, you do – Lauren or Renee, Lauren, do you do the cyclical keto and Renee does the paleo or is it vice versa? Yeah. 
I guess it's it's kind of probably evolving. Ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah depending yeah. on the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, we are always open to trying new things when it comes to nutrition, and yeah, I think my sweet spot is almost like a paleo-ish Mediterranean style, right? And a little bit of that keto cycling. But uh, Lauren and I feel really good when we do it throughout the month, based off of our monthly cycle. Right. So right. as women, we have this superpower where you know every couple of weeks our bodies are changing, our hormones are changing, yeah. and we can optimize our diet, our exercise, our sleep, our stress based off of where our hormones are throughout the month. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, you know, when we start our new cycle, we can do a little, little bit better with higher fat, more keto type, even more fasting. Um, and then that kind of ebbs and flows throughout the month. So for women, I think it's just really, really cool that we can, can try that throughout the month. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's all about the timing with the hormones. Yeah. And, um, another thing I was doing research on, cause that's something I just learned recently. Um, I was listening to the audiobook Dave Asprey, you bet you two might've heard of him. He did the, yeah. uh, fast this way. That was one of oh, his yeah, most his recent ones. Book. Yeah. Yeah. And in that book, he start he gets into a section on, yeah, like, like female fasting, right. And, and optimizing like female training and right for females, because a lot of, a lot of the training and the literature out there for nutrition and 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 uh how to train is for is is like for men but he really delves into like you know how it affects females right because there was there there hasn't been enough literature out there to be like okay like how how can uh how can females eat or train this way right and then he talks about um for the intermittent fasting schedule like you were saying because of the hormones and the monthly cycle he said it's actually better for females not to fast every day if they're doing intermittent fasting but to fast every other day kind of thing or Maybe just yeah. do, you know, either skip dinner or skip breakfast like uh, a few times a week kind of a thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, the lack of research on females is is an issue. And mm-hmm. I think here in 2021, it's getting much better. Yeah. Um, but for so long, researchers didn't really want to look at females because we are, our bodies are very complex with our hormones changing by the minute. They would rather study men. It's a little bit easier, but I think that's changing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Dave Asprey, he's great. Um, I think he's headed the right direction with that. But with women, like I said, I think looking at your monthly cycle is way more important. And for women, you maybe have experienced, you've tried to fast one day and it was really easy. And then yeah. you tried to fast a different day and you were like, I'm starving. Yeah. It's probably yeah. based off of where you are in your cycle because you know, leading up to the start of your cycle and leading up to ovulation we actually, most of us need a little bit more carbohydrates to support the hormones that we need at that time of the month. So, you know, maybe days one to five, you can fast and do keto better. So I think looking at the monthly cycle is better than just haphazardly being like, I'm going to fast on a Tuesday and then a Saturday. Um, so I, thankful for Dave yeah. for leading the way, but, but women, we need to put our heads together and really yeah. learn from each other because there's just not enough research. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. of the, of the research that is getting out there, like, uh, by women for women, what, what literature have you guys seen, like either books or other podcasts, like, um, that like delve into how to, how to eat or how to train according to women? Oh gosh, it's just so new. I mean, there's a few doctors out there that are starting to put this together, but I think we are the research. This is yeah. like our generation yeah. of female biohackers that's starting to pull together all the metrics because it is 
so tricky and like no offense to Dave Asprey, but yeah. he's not a female. No, he's, he's, he's a male. female body as yeah. far as yeah. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And there's so, there, you know, there's so much beyond even just the fasting schedule. You know, as Renee said, we can alternate kind of by weeks, like general rule of thumb, we do a little bit better, like first week of our proliferative phase, first week of our luteal phase. But you know, there's stuff underneath of that, like what are your mineral and nutrient deficiencies? Have you done yo-yo dieting? Would worse than like doing maybe an extended fast. It's like the yo-yo dieting really puts a lot of stress on our system. And, you know, there's a lot of studies showing that you can actually increase the size of your fat cells and your metabolism is going down at the same time just from making drastic changes. For So for the woman that's like trying to find the perfect plan for her, yes, you should experiment, but like do your research first and look mm -hmm. to the thought leaders because sometimes we could do more damage just by experimenting and by changing so often. Yeah. Again, the female system is much more sensitive. I think men yeah. probably can get away with a little bit more experimentation. Mm -hmm. um, checking blood sugar fluctuations. Like I do a lot of coaching with continuous uh, blood glucose monitors. And I guess we don't really know long-term, we don't have enough research on men or women about what we should be looking for with glucose in healthy populations, but we can uh, we can assume that we don't want crazy spikes, crazy drops, that we mm -hmm. mostly want um, what Dr. Casey mean, Means calls rolling hills. So that's really, really important for women. If you have those severe fluctuations, fasting is probably not going to be for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I would just add one thing in for women that are new to this concept, um, an app called Wild AI, I think oh. is a good starting point. It's you can track your monthly cycle, but you can do daily check ins. You know, uh, how are you feeling? Are you bloated? Are you having pain, fatigue, anything like that? Um, and it'll give you some basic recommendations of what to eat and what kind of exercise to do based off of where you are in your cycle. So wow, that's a good that, starting point for women. Yeah, yeah, that's really good really really good info and uh just again something else for for like by women for women to to test out yeah 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 we need more women yeah. the charge. so it's coming it's definitely coming. oh it's coming it's coming yeah as renee like, said like it's really difficult to study women uh not just to have compliancy but there's just way too many factors way yeah, too many so no, i think citizen is. science is really gonna lead this charge definitely and what would you say um based on the, the way that you both eat, right, with paleo and cyclical keto and dieting in general, what would you say is the, uh, your top five brain boosting foods that you're, that you guys like, are like, oh my God, like these are, these are, you know, my recommended top five. Chocolate. <laughs> dark Chocolates. chocolate, right? <laughs> dark chocolate, organic dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah, love yeah, there's it. there's no other chocolate. Yeah. yeah. When my boyfriend comes home with milk chocolate, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually really disgusting if you try milk chocolate after eating dark chocolate for years. You're like, oh, Whoa. I know. I know. <laughs> well, because the milk chocolate causes the bloating and the dark chocolate just, it just gives you that extra energy because of the, it's got a little tiny bit of caffeine in it, right? Yeah. It does. And, and yeah. 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 Lots of minerals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just love chocolate, so I had to throw that out there. <laughs> say, like, yeah. um, wild caught salmon as a source of yeah. omega threes is awesome. Eggs because they have the B vitamins, choline for our neurotransmitters. I'm big on pumpkin in... seeds. Go ahead, pumpkin Renee. seeds. Yeah. yeah, I would just throw an avocado and yeah, 
Oh, well, avocado, avocado oil, and then olives and olive oil. So it's kind of on the same track with the healthy fats for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And I said the pumpkin seeds because they have zinc and copper, which is great for nerve right. signaling in the brain. And also, I mean, a lot of women are really mineral nutrient deficient. Actually, mm-hmm. who am I kidding? We're all mineral nutrient deficient. <laughs> and, um, you know, we can lean on supplements, but you should always test before you start supplementing because you don't know mm-hmm. what your personal limitations are yeah. or what ratios you could throw out of balance. But you're probably not going to overdo it with something like pumpkin seeds yeah. and wild caught salmon. Yeah. And would you recommend as long as it's good quality? (laughs) (laughs) What what brand of dark chocolate would you recommend? Um, I really like the Hugh Kitchen chocolate. That's my favorite. Hugh Kitchen. H U. Yeah. Um, they used to have a store in New York. I don't know, Lauren. You would know if I think they maybe closed down with the pandemic, but you can buy their chocolate anywhere. I get it at the local Whole Foods. Right on. Yeah, I love dark chocolate. So what's good. your favorite brand? Um, well, in Canada, they have they probably sell it in the US too, but um, there's a I get the basically 85 or 90 percent lint, lint dark chocolate, L I N D T. They're really good, yeah, yeah, 90 percent. That's great, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you get used to it, like, and then, and then my fiance has it. She's like, "Oh, she's like, I like my, I like my mouth chocolate." <laughs> it's almost like you have to go slow. You start you at sixty percent, yeah, sixty-five. Yeah, you got to work your way up. I've worked my yeah. way up for a while, so I for went sure. through a phase where, like, that was my treat, right? That's what kept me on like the healthy eating was like I needed to have chocolate, always have chocolate, like a bit of chocolate each day, like a couple pieces, kind of thing. And then, yeah, like I went from sixty percent all the way up to like ninety, and then. Cause I like everyone's tastes are different, but I like, that's why I like, I like red wine. Like me and my fiance like red wine and I like the dry red wines. And then same thing with it. I, I have like dry tastes. Like I don't, I don't need a ton of flavor. I need just enough flavor. Cause that's what I grew yeah. up with like growing up. So yeah. Alex, great. have you tried honey mama's chocolate? No, no. All right. I'm pretty obsessed with honey mama's right now. Oh it yeah. It tastes a little bit like, I don't want to say fudge. It's somewhere between fudge and a brownie. Like it's Ooh. comes in a thicker bar and it's pretty soft. It is the most delicious treat I've ever put in my mouth. It's incredible. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's good. It's naturally free from like refined sugar, yeah. dairy, gluten, grains. Well, it's organic ingredients, fair trade. Lots of fun flavors. You need to find that one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I want to do more research again. I love like research in the, the different brands and stuff. That's one of the reasons why I, wa- I listen to uh, like Tim Ferriss's podcast so much because the first like five minutes of the podcast, he'll he runs through like all the all of his ads right for his uh, yeah. affiliates, and it's it's always yeah, like, it's always food that. related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. thank you for the mind blowing list of foods. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you follow Ben Greenfield, but he actually just put an article out earlier this week. I think top ten chocolate brands. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and it's great because each one he breaks down into like why he picked it, how they source the chocolate, you know, all that good stuff. That's the was Honey Mama's of, on there. Uh, oh yeah, I think was Honey it? Mama's was on there. I think Honey Mama's Hugh Kitchen made the list. Um, the one with the monkey on the front. I can never remember the name of that. Um, but oh, it's a good evolved. Article. I like evolved. Evolved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, Ben Greenfield's the same author that uh, wrote Boundless, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on. I still have to get on that one. My cousin read it. I don't know if you read the whole thing, but um, 
that was like, that was one of the books that he was reading. And it's like literally choke full of literature on like probably biohacking and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, a it's a textbook textbook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then encyclopedia. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to just sit down and read it. You, yeah. you maybe read like a chapter and you yeah. highlight a lot of stuff and yeah. then you go back to it when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a true coffee table book. Like you're just going to leave it there, pass yeah. by, read a little bit. Yeah, but Renee, that essentially was your textbook, right? Renee is a, a Keon coach under Ben Greenfield, and that was essentially the source material. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. he basically took the course and turned it into a book. So, oh, so okay. I basically have read it anyways. I studied it for a long time. Right on, yeah. right on. Yeah. And how are we doing for time right now? We're getting pretty close, right? Probably like another five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, right we on. have a Perfect. little more than that. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to Whatever. make sure. Yeah, ask away. <laughs> right on. Um, what else? What else? What else? Let's see. Oh, and your 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 podcast, Biohacker Babes. How long have you guys been doing that for? Yeah, we launched that in July, twenty twenty. No, oh yeah. 20, oh, I'm sorry. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Where are not a twenty twenty? <laughs> Yes, it was a pre it was pre-pandemic podcast and then we just kept kept rolling with it. Yeah, we have a uh, episode 121 coming out this week. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Right on. And for for guests, like how do you how do you find your guests? Like are you part of dire- uh, different podcasting directories or is it more like word of mouth referrals from previous guests? Yeah, it's been a lot it's, of word of mouth. Right on. Yeah. And a lot of people that we've met. Sometimes reading and listening to podcasts isn't enough, right? You want to actually go into a conference st- like style of learning and like meet yeah. different people. Because then you got a lot more experts there and stuff, right? So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes. hacking conference in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sometimes Lauren. there's so much going on that you miss all of the talks. <laughs> I know. Yeah. To meet people. I mean, that's where. Yeah. A lot of the magic happens just having conversations with people because, yeah, I mean, you could hear these speakers on podcasts, on YouTube, mm-hmm. on on webinars, but it's really awesome to feel that energy and be in a space yeah. and have conversations that you wouldn't normally have from your home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a way different Make experience. a list and you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And what was the name of the one that uh, you guys went to? It's uh, Dave Asprey hosted. It's called the Annual Biohacking Conference. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's great. And like Lauren said, you know, I mean, the speakers there are amazing, but they have, you know, four rooms going all day long, so many speakers. And then when you have a ticket to the event, they actually send you all the recordings after. Oh, wow. So when you're there, you're like, you're living in the expo hall, like Lauren said, having the conversations because you're like, I can always watch the speakers at home. Of course, you pick your your top faves that you go and you sit front row and it's awesome. But yeah, the conversations are priceless. Oh, yeah, I bet you're, you're really able to pick everyone's brain and and just learn, you know, learn different styles of eating, training, biohacking. Yeah, you'll have to go yeah. next year. I think it's uh, I want to say it's September in L.A. next okay. year. If you can get across yeah, the border. Yeah, you got to come. It'll be awesome. Oh, my It'll God. Be That'd be so, so cool. I actually looked into – I was actually look after I read The Fastest Way, I was looking at his website and stuff. And he has – yeah, he has a few con- different conferences that he does. And then one of the other ones that I wanted to do more research into is like that uh, – he's got like this meditation – like his other company, uh, 
Oh, 40 years of Zen. 40, 40 years, years of Zen. Of Zen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got these giant like meditation capsule things and it looks yeah. so cool. <laughs> it. I've heard it's a pretty wild experience. Yeah. yeah. If you can afford it, do it. People yeah. say it's life changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one day maybe. <laughs> no, definitely. And let's let's uh let's quickly talk about um uh what kind of what kind of spiritual practice it doesn't have to be necessarily spiritual, but what daily habit do you both do to help get yourself kind of either like re- reduce the stress if you're feeling uh run down or just a daily practice that you do to help keep that ebb and flow with with your calm in the mind. Yeah, it's actually funny timing you ask. Lauren and I are about to finish a 12-week spiritual program. Oh. Yeah, so we'll we'll graduate officially, I guess, on December 6th. And so for 12 weeks, we have had to meditate and journal every single day. Wow. And the meditation and journaling is guided by a reading sent by the two lovely women that are hosting the program. Um, so that's been a really cool thing. I mean, to say for almost 11 weeks that we've been meditating and journaling every single day has been really awesome. Um, so that's been a cool experience. But on top of that, for me, as far as like reducing daily stress, my top biohack is something called the brain tap. Oh, you've heard, have you heard of this? I've So I actually had a gentleman on my podcast. Uh, yeah, last March of last year. His name was Dr. Dawson church and he he it, it's a uh yes it's like he has like a thing called yeah the tapping solutions or something and uh yeah it's it's like the you you tap on the yeah you tap on the brain in different spots on your face and oh. stuff i don't know oh, if that's yeah, the same like, thing but it's not but that's great too that's more like um eft or eft emotional that's right technique. yeah yeah yeah, that's yeah. Where you're actually physically tapping like with your fingers on certain uh, point meridian points throughout the yeah. body, which is great too. But the brain tap is actually using technology. It's a headset where right. it is um, sending specific beats, you know, audio beats into your ears, but also sending light signals into your ears and it's over your eyes. Oh, it puts you into this meditative state within minutes. So I was always that person that was trying to meditate. I didn't really feel any benefits from it, but I knew there could be benefits. When I discovered the brain tap three years ago, it just changed my life. I do it 20 to 30 minutes every day. Like I said, you put on the set and you're just put into, um, well, you can pick, you can pick specific brainwave states if you want to like go into Delta, if you're ready to sleep, or if you want to do more theta for more of a calm focused, uh, reaction, but it, it's like a meditation hack, I would say. So if wow. you're not good at meditating, definitely check out the brain tap. I'm I'm a different person after I do my session every day. <laughs> right on. And no, do you usually... don't be a different person. <laughs> I'm a better person, I promise. I'm more yeah. nice to be around. No. Yeah. And do you do it? Do you do it in the morning or do you do it like near end of the day before bed kind of a thing? Yeah. For me, I like to do it uh, like at the end of my lunch. Yeah. So yeah. around one o'clock. It's almost oh, okay. like. You know, I, I work my butt off all morning. I eat my lunch. I do my brain tap. And then I'm almost like starting a second day in the afternoon. Like I'm totally wow. refreshed and ready to go. But you can use it in the morning before bed. And Lauren, when do you typically do it? I like it for an afternoon reset. But I've also experimented with it before bed. I know, Renee, you don't like it because the lights can be a little stimulating. But their delta frequency journeys, I think, are just fabulous for helping you um, get into a deeper sleep state. 
I tend to be a, a lighter sleeper, and that's been really helpful to me, especially if I'm traveling, I'm in a different bed, a different environment. I need to just like calm down. I do like it at nighttime, but I love that it's just so portable. You can take it anywhere and just drop in. Like Renee said, if you're not good at meditation, it really drops you in just so fast. You don't have to be good at it. It's You just yeah. put it on, <laughs> yeah. and it'll get you there. Right on. And where do, where do you get this particular device, this like, headset? You can get it online. Yeah. yeah, it's just I think it's just braintap.com. And, and depending on when this episode comes out, I know they're doing like Black Friday sales. Ooh. But uh, yeah, just get it online. Definitely. Right on. Right and on. For you, yeah. Alex. Yeah, go check it out right now. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely the founder, will. Yeah. Dr. Patrick Porter, who created the Dr. device, Patrick is just Porter. a wealth of information. He studied under Deepak Chopra, like in the 70s 80s and he is just a wealth of information about heart coherence and um tapping into our brain's potential by optimizing the nervous system he's just like super smart and really really sweet guy and last question i have before i let you guys you, you gals go um is uh fitness trackers do you use them or you're like no no just what do you think we're more into the recovery trackers than right. the fitness trackers. I think there's a place for both. It depends on your goals. Um, I think, you know, in the fitness world, Garmin is sort of the gold standard. If you want to track heart rate, heart rate variability, you know, respiratory rate, be able to track your steps and pace. And But we love the recovery trackers like Aura Ring, right. BioStrap are our top two. I think... I've played a little bit with whoop, but I find the actual recovery metrics are not as powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, Renee and I both got the next gen aura ring, which is going to have much more refined metrics for females because that was kind of the problem, right? In research and also mm -hmm. in the trackers out there is that we don't get this, we don't get the hormone menstrual cycle um, into the algorithms. And hopefully we're going to start moving in that direction because just an example, like our body temperature changes throughout the month with our cycle. And on the aura ring, if your body temperature goes up like it's supposed to, they kind of dock you points. And it's really frustrating as a oh. woman to be like, I'm trying to optimize. Yeah. This is a natural part of my physiology. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot out there. There's a lot coming down the pipeline. And I think aura ring is really doing some great work there. I would say aura ring is probably top, but if you want an activity tracker specifically, I mean, sometimes just putting a heart rate strap on and, and tracking your heart rate is one of the most powerful measurements. Yeah. I love, I love how you talk about the heart rate because, um, two of the biggest things that I track nowadays, I don't, I don't train. I used to just train like to go flat out all the time. Cause I thought that's what I had to do, but I've, it's become much more optimized nowadays. Cause now every time I train, I train to a certain heart rate. I want to get in those zones those heart rate zones. And then I'm like, okay, I need to dial it back now. And then I just let my heart rate come back down and then just sleep. I love tracking sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeps are number one. If you're not yeah. sleeping, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that is to me, sleep is the number one performance optimizer. Once you get yeah, that dialed everything in everything you know, better. Yep. Everything gets better when your sleep is, is better quality. You might not get the quantity uh, right away, that comes with time, but improving the quality, yeah. you want to do your best to improve the quality from other variables that you have going on. Yeah. Yeah. We just did a post. I'm yeah. sure Renee, you're going to say oh, yeah? we just did a, I was like, this is we funny just did, timing. 
Yeah, we just did a post about sleep efficiency because everyone, ah, you know, yeah. we're, I feel like we're naturally wired to think that more is better, even though we conceptually understand <laughs> that it's not. But yeah. with sleep, you don't necessarily want more hours. You know, that's age old advice. Like you've got to get eight hours. Well, yeah. what's happening in those eight hours? You want efficiency. Mm -hmm. And with less time, hopefully, if you have more quality sleep, you could potentially get less sleep. So yep. that's really what we have to be looking at. Yeah, no, I mean, sure. you ask the average person, like, oh, how much did you, how long did you sleep last night? They'll say, oh, eight hours, because I got in bed at 10 and got out of bed at six. But that's eight hours in bed. But you yeah. probably only slept maybe seven hours. Yeah. That's like the average because of the wakefulness and, yep. you know, sleep latency, all of that. Yeah. Then, Unless you're my boyfriend that puts his head on the pillow out and really truly does not move <laughs> until, I guess, it's anomaly. Yeah. 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 The biggest, the biggest thing that I find interesting because I use the Fitbit to track my sleep and activity is um, the uh, like because it docks right. It it'll take the time off, like you said, of how long it takes you to get to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So like because normally I'm looking at my data and metrics and it says it takes me on average 40 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes to actually get to sleep. And most people mm. would actually take, they say it should take between 25 and 35 minutes, I think, if you train your body to right, optimize. But there's lots of variables if you're, you know, drank the night before, caffeine intake, level of activity Oof. before bed. Yeah. There's just, there's so many things that come into play, right? So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, that's what's Eating so fun before. about the tracking is yeah. once you get the trends of your sleep tracker, yeah. then you can see, okay, alcohol did that. Caffeine yeah. did that. Eating yeah. too many carbs or not enough carbs did that. Yeah. You, know, you can yeah. play around with it. And then the, like Lauren was saying with the heart rate variability, that is, I think, the number one thing to be tracked because mm -hmm. it is looking at your recovery. And if you don't know how well you're recovered, I, I don't know how you plan your day. I think that's yeah. the number one. Yeah. And with the heart rate availability, as far as metrics, uh, fi final question, I knew you guys got to go. Um, the, uh, with the heart rate variability, like how do you analyze those metrics? Like, uh, what, what, like when you're looking at the data, what, what is, what is positive and what's like negative with, in terms of the heart rate variability? Yeah. So I think the number one thing to remember with HRV is it's very personal. You right. can't compare your number to someone else because there's, you know, factors of genetics, overall mm -hmm. health status. Um, like Lauren and I, we naturally have higher HRVs, mm -hmm. but you want to look at your baseline. What's your average? And then from there, you look at the trends of it going up and going down. So if it's going up 20 points, down 20 points, that's, that's good variation. If right. you see it drop maybe 40, 60, I'm sorry, it's better to look at percentages, you know, 40% drop. That is a big red flag that you need to slow down for the day. Or if it increases maybe 40%, that's when you go crush that CrossFit wad or, you know, give a big presentation. You go all out that day. Yeah. So looking at the percentage tr of the trends is way more important than the actual number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Trend Trends over time. I like that. Because yes. I was really, I was really debating on getting that aura ring because I have my Fitbit, but I don't know if it does a good enough job of tracking the heart rate variability piece. Mm -hmm. So I think I might transition to that in the future. Plus, it's less invasive because it's on your finger and it's more accurate in terms of heart rate too because it's the different um, nerve. Yeah, yeah I the mean, sensors are really sensitive. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. They're just always improving. And I just prefer to wear a ring. I kind of forget about it. Or something like I have a bio strap on my wrist and I'm just super aware of it. Like I feel it when I'm typing on a computer. Yeah. I'm, I'm like doing kettlebells. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. The ring is just super seamless. And yeah. I, I don't I can't say everyone's like that, but I tend to forget that it's there. 
No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lauren and Renee. It was incredible to get to meet you today and have you on the Mindset Podcast. And before we let you go, where can our listeners find you on uh, social media platforms, website, and how and what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Cool. So our website is thebiohackerbabes.com. On Instagram, which is where we are the most active, biohacker underscore babes. And then we each have our personal Instagram. We're definitely more on Instagram. I think maybe just on Facebook by default because they're connected. Uh, my personal <laughs> yeah. IG is Lauren underscore Sambatero. And Renee is Renee Bells. Yeah, I think just our website is probably the best place to contact us. Or you could just email us at biohackerbabes at gmail. Yeah, right or on. message on Instagram. That's yeah, too. yeah. D- DM or PM, however they say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All that good stuff. Yeah, right definitely on. reach out. I'd love yeah. to connect. No, definitely. Really uh, awesome podcast today, too. And uh, looking forward to having another one in the future. Potentially video podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, right Alex. On. It was great meeting you. And can't wait to meet in person at a conference Yeah, someday. no, for sure. You two take care. And uh, on, I'm aiming to get the audio to you probably within the next few weeks or so here. Great. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Alex. Take care. Yeah. Bye for Alex. now. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that special guest series episode brought to you by radioguestless.com. If you enjoyed this podcast interview with myself and my guests, and you'd like to give me some feedback, please do so by leaving a short review on Apple Podcasts under Mindcep Podcast. That's M-I-N-D-C-E-P, the Mindcep Podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'll be happy to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can do so as well on social media or on my blog. That's Alexander Muir, A-L-X-A-N-D-E-R, Muir, Amazon Mike, U-I-R.com. And thank you for listening and see y'all next time.